Hi, my name is Saad Alam. I am the co-founder and CEO of Hone Health. And I am panicked because I am just not as funny as Howard. Howard. Knut. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. It sounds like you're not feeling great. I don't know what it is. Allergies or something like that. Who knows? Well, uh... It's not COVID. It's not COVID? Nope. Guarantee All righty. We ha- I had a guy was in Chi-Town, and a guy canceled a meeting because he had COVID. Listen, you cannot in 2023, that is the lamest excuse, say I have a fever. You don't say you have COVID. People have lost their mind. Chicago, Canute, the shell of its former, is kind of a bummer downtown. Really? Pretty quiet. Lot of empty real estate. Ooh. Speaking of empty real estate, today's topic is about testosterone. There is a lot of youths running around with uh, empty real estate. See what I did there? (laughs) Well, that's a good one. First of all, Canute. Yes. This is a very important topic. I, I have a feeling this will be our most evergreen male trying to not keep it silly i'm just i'm on cloud nine which i don't even know if that's a term yes because vegas the line on my testosterone going into this episode was was low okay so we're going to learn today's episode is you know we've we've covered manscaping we've everything you know about shaving your balls howard's got your back here we've got paul tran coming up again one of these days yes listen i'm 57 years old I'm borderline hypochondriac, and things, these things, ball shaving or manscaping was very important to me. And, and as luck would have, and I am an indirect investor in, in our guest CEO's company today through a friend of mine, Adam Bensivnik, whose name is harder to pronounce than most Arabic names, even though I think he's American, and um, a New York friend of mine who invested in this company. I didn't know that. I was reading a quarterly letter, saw this, and... I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my testosterone checked because I'd heard bike riding. I'd heard these youths today with their low testosterone. And uh, Ellen also um, was blaming a lot of things on on me and, and indirectly my, my manhood and testosterone. Huh. And uh, not blue pill stuff, just, you know, just drive. Just general manliness. Just general, you know, maybe it was all the extra manscaping I was going on. But she said, why don't you have your T.C.? Anyways, long story short, because I could talk about my incredible T-score all can. day long. There's something called a T-score. Now, I am sure my guest today will will make sure that I, I come down off this pedestal. But I, I'm a 57-year-old, disgusting specimen of a man. <laughs> but my T-score came in over 500. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. I know it's not horrible which is great compared to the millennials, which are saying are, are, are coming in under 200 a lot because of, you know, Tinder and TikTok and keeping their phone near their balls. And um, <laughs> so, Knut, I want to, I, I don't know if this is weird, but I, I, I'm going to give him a free idea here. I think there should be an e-commerce store attached to Hone Health, the, our guest today, where I could order like a big gold chain with uh, my number, my T519 on it. 
kind of like rappers wear, you know, big gold chains. And I think people should know that my T score is 519. That is very appropriate. Yeah. So, anyways, that's a freebie idea. Let's see how it goes with that. I always like to give our guests one big home run idea. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's going to run with that one right away. <laughs> now, we've had a lot of guests. I have not invested in sleep, even though sleep is my thing. And I have not invested in all this data, but we've had the Whoop CEO, right? Couldn't get a crackle out of him. No. We had uh, Matteo, best looking guy in startups from Eight Sleep. He he came on. My, my uh, sister-in-law was looking for his phone number after that podcast. <laughs> And, but now we're getting to something that matters to me, T-score. And so I want to dive into this, what it means. It's all, it's very, very uh, interesting topic. It's at the top of a lot of people's minds because of um, the, I don't know, general birth rate. We've got discussions around, you know, you've got these these uh, direct-to-consumer company, him and hers and Roman and so I want to see how he's positioned his company and, and talk all about testosterone. Do you know anything about testosterone, by the way? Just that it makes me really manly. That's all <laughs> I know about it. No, Norwegians, I'm sure. Dude, because it, Vikings have over 700 just from birth. All right. Well, we're first of all, we're going to have an office contest, and we're going to have a little Calcutta on betting. All right. I, I would say, one look at you because of your hair, I, I think you skew high. But I think a couple of our interns on the office are surprisingly low. <laughs> so without further ado, we're going to welcome our friend Saad Alam, the founder of Hone Health. He's only met me once. And obviously, based on his intro, he knows I'm funny or he must read some of my uh, tweets. Now, I've posted my T-score on Twitter. So with the, with the full results. With that, I said my DMs are open. And you know how many women have, have slid into my DMs? Zero. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a couple people, but I think they were guys. Like, I, didn't, I didn't pursue it further. All right, let's get Saad on the phone. Saad. Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Surprised you're still here. I think I've butchered the whole testosterone sector. Honestly, I was sitting here holding back my life. Well, that a boy. I'm not going to lie. Now, we... I, was, I wanted to jump in so bad. <laughs> so I've been spreading Elon Musk-like misinformation. What? is testosterone and like what do you know about testosterone what do people you know you're in your 30s i think but what do people really need to know about testosterone so i'm i'm actually in my 40s oh uh and so it is a so let's let's talk about testosterone right yeah when most people think about testosterone they think about really big muscles and really great sex mm -hmm. which by the way wonderful yeah, side when you effect. think of my name that's what you think of <laughs> <laughs> uh David Howard. Yeah. I, I had this feeling this was going to happen. I was just not going to be able to stop I'll laughing. try and shut up. <laughs> so most people, they think bigger muscles, better sex, which by the way, all of those things happen when you have slightly higher testosterone levels. What they don't realize though, is on every one of your cells, you have testosterone receptors. And that testosterone for a male specifically helps with everything you can possibly imagine. It helps with cell metabolization. It helps with sleep. It helps with how you feel. It helps with how fast you are metabolizing other nutrients in your body. It helps with how strong you feel. I mean, there literally isn't anything that testosterone doesn't touch in a man's body. And so I think that one of the first misconceptions that you kind of have to just put on the table and make sure that people understand is that it is arguably one of the most vital hormones for men 
to give us kind of, and I don't want this to sound overly masculine or machismo, but it really kind of gives us a little bit of our manliness. And some people use the word virility, which I hate, but the reality is like, it gives us some virility. So I hadn't heard this till maybe a year ago, maybe in passing, some people shoot up or or they talk a little bit about it, but it was very foreign. and, And if it was, it was a few friends that were like doing it by themselves. So why for the last 30 years, when I go in for blood tests, hasn't no one asked me what my T-score or, you know, if I wanted to get that checked? Is that just a, a cultural societal thing that all of a sudden came to top of mind? Or like, what should people know and why is it important? So the reality is that it really kind of stems back to the fact that we'll call it hormonal imbalance isn't really emphasized in med school and most physicians, unless they're specialists, endocrinologists, urologists, really just don't pay attention to it. And I think that right now we're in the middle of what I'll call an enlightenment when it comes to testosterone, because in large part, men don't have a whole lot of it these days. And going back to your point, when you look at men 30 years our senior, right? And I'm 40, we'll call it like a 70-year-old man. Mm -hmm. When they were my age, they had 26% more testosterone. And hold on, this number's crazy, but 50% more sperm. What? It's like, what, so is it the diet or is it just uh, the internet? <laughs> so it's like, how right, is that? That's just so significant. I don't even understand that. Right. You're talking about massive numbers, yeah. the kind of numbers that you could write a movie about. And let's not be crazy, right? There are multiple movies written about this exact thing, right? There's a really great series called The Handmaid's Tale. So huh. let's say it's a multifaceted problem that does come about from obesity, comes about from the fact that very often we're not sleeping well, we're getting a ton of blue light from our phones beforehand and it disturbs our circadian rhythm. Mm. It comes from, uh, we'll call it stress in our lives. Mm. But the most conspiratorial one and the one that the scientific community is really gathering around after a lot of evidence is when you look at all the plastics, the fertilizers, the phthalates and our food and our drinking water, they actually resemble estrogenic compounds. And those estrogenic compounds in a man's body they tell the hormone regulating centers in our brain to basically shut down what people call endogenous or natural production of our own testosterone. Mm-hmm. And so you now, got, now you have all these kids running around with lower testosterone levels, hormonal imbalances. The, the, the number that we basically cite, and this is unfathomable when you really think about it, 40% of men over 35 suffer from hormonal imbalances and low testosterone. 40. Yeah. I mean, massive number. And the, the reality is, no one wants to admit it because it's super stigmatized, right? Who are you going to tell, hey, man, I feel like less of a man today than I did last year? And I think what happens is a lot of dudes, they basically kind of just chalk it up to the fact that their fathers probably started feeling a little bit slower when, as they got older. And this is just the beginning of old age when the reality is they are having serious problems at a much younger age. The partnership idea, did a little break. Have you partnered with Pornhub? You know, Pornhub has come at us multiple times. They've had a couple <laughs> of really aggressive acquisitions. You're, just you're pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, I don't even think you were trying, but well done. The uh, No, they haven't. Have they actually reached out to you? Oh, reached around to you, I mean? No, no. They, they haven't done a reach around, and I'll give you a, <laughs> an interesting piece of information. We've probably spent a couple bucks here and there on Pornhub to see what happens if we advertise directly. Uh But here's the reality. People aren't paying attention to our ads. Got it. 
doesn't work too well for us. They're well, when I go on Pornhub, I'm only there for the ads. Is that weird? It's like when I used to buy Playboy, I was only there for the stories. The uh, oh. show—that's an old man joke, Knut. Yeah, I'm pulling them all out here. So, really good stories, though. Really yeah. good stories. So, so I totally. This makes sense. So there's nothing that you can buy. I'm surprised like food companies aren't just packaging testosterone like this bologna has a little extra testosterone in it. Well, can you not put it into things? I mean, well, that would be the equivalent of selling steroids. Got it. That are a regulated substance. And let's just say- Because testosterone is a steroid? I didn't even know that. That is correct. So okay. testosterone is like the, the mother of all steroids for Got men it. specifically. And there have been a couple supplement companies that do put- what I'll call the equivalent of testosterone in their supplements. And those founders right now are probably going to be listening to this podcast from jail. Got it. True story. So you're saying like Lance Armstrong, all the baseball players, like it's when, when we say steroid, they were taking testosterone? Well, some form. the reality is that there are probably 15, 20, 30 different kinds of steroids, right? Testosterone is one kind of steroid. There are other things like Winstrol, Anadrol, D-Ball, um, Trend... Human growth hormone could technically probably be classified as a steroid or like a performance-enhancing substance. Uh, so generally, athletes that are taking it are taking different stacks, and they probably have someone that's giving them a lot of, we'll call like basement underground information about how to stack those products together. And, and is there anything associated with sitting or like people tell me, because I, I, I put a lot of miles on the bike, is there any association with that scientifically in low T? Meaning if you ride your bike a lot, that yeah. your testosterone levels are lower? Yeah. I think the way to probably think of it is if you have a really hard night out, let's even say you were drinking, you didn't sleep very well, you've been running around and your body's beat up and pretty ragged, your testosterone level the next day is probably going to be lower. Got it. And so if you were riding your bike and let's just say five to 10 miles per day, three days a week, and that's probably a pretty healthy number of miles to ride. Mm-hmm. I think your testosterone level is going to probably be relatively healthy, but if you're riding 50 miles a day, seven days a week and putting 350 on the tires, you're probably going to be putting a lot of stress on your body and your testosterone level is going to be lower in that instance. Got it. So, so blue light, sleep, excess kind of stress, and it sounds like packaging. I mean, these are the reasons. Weight gain. Yeah, yeah, obesity gain, sorry, too. American obesity. Yep. So no wonder it's such a significant number. Okay, so how do you come up with this idea? Because it's it's really a fabulous. Listen, I'm I'm a, I'm a small indirect investor. It was random uh, that I even caught you know looking through the portfolio of some of my funds, and immediately hit me. Adam said, you know, this is really great, and I've invested in because of Manscaped. I've seen consumer success and liquid death. So I've seen consumer success. At my age, it interests me, but I finally, like, Don on my team is like Mr. T. Uh, I met you at, at one of our dinners, and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to try this. And it's been an incredible, you know, simple experience. So what what was it that got you down this path to start the company? Well, let me say you have, this. like, 15,000 customers, all right, and it's only been a couple of years. So, like, what, like it's obviously working. What was what was the aha moment? Yeah, we're we're arguably the largest hormone clinic for men right now in the country. And I'll also say this too, Howard, you should be a direct investor. And I'll just let, I'm going to throw that out there, a direct <laughs> investor. Well, yeah, I don't um, know why you didn't get my wire two years ago. It was sent. <laughs> <laughs> At that three million post money. That's that's what it was three years ago. No, it wasn't. That's a damn shame. Was it that low? I'm, I'm telling you. I'm Is, telling that you Adam, that the, Is that where Adam did it? No, he got in a little bit higher than that, but okay. he did well. 
Got he got he, he he definitely has has taken your money and he's done very well with it. So 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 tell me how it all comes about. So basically, right? I'll give you some background on myself because I yeah. think it's important of how it feeds into the story. So I have been obsessively healthy my entire life. I have worked out six days a week for the past twenty five years. I eat perfectly. I meditate twice a day. I track three hundred biomarkers every three months. I literally have an infrared sauna and a hyperbaric oxygen chamber in my home office. Like it's just who I am as an individual. We call and those so, people losers. I mean, that's that's what my mom's been telling me for years now, and um, I'm just really happy I haven't Mama listened. Mama, <laughs> I, I lie when I say that. She's arguably the the biggest cheerleader I've ever had, and I probably wouldn't be here without her support and love. And frankly, like that's what made me have confidence to become an entrepreneur. So you so you've been at this forever the right way. Uh, this is my this is Your now life. my my second company. Yeah, right. but yeah, uh, been in health not for a long time, my entire life. And honestly, it's because as an immigrant growing up in this country, playing sports helped me fit in and give me confidence. Um, and so that just became a huge threat in my entire life. But when I turned thirty five, I should have been on top of the world. Just sold my first company, had some coin in my pocket finally, and the opposite started happening. All of a sudden, I started feeling real tired. I was having trouble waking up certain days. I started to fall asleep during the middle of the day. I started to feel a little bit depressed, which is the opposite right, of my personality. I'm usually just way too much for people to handle. And then my mental acuity and my stamina started to decrease. And all of a sudden, I was having just trouble recalling really simple names. I started to gain some weight. Keep in mind, I'm working out harder. I'm sleeping better. I'm changing my diet with the dietitian, and nothing is improving. And then I start getting these heat flashes or hot flashes. Mm -hmm. And have you ever had a hot flash, Howard? No, no, no. But it sounds like menopause. Uh, women have hot flashes for the same reason yeah. that men have hot flashes, which is they have problems with their hormones. And it. it started happening constantly. I mean, what I've does that feel like? Of, where, do you, where do you feel that? In your shoulders? Your oh, neck? my God. So, no. So, uh, this is the best way to describe it because I've had to <laughs> describe it to doctors for a long time. Imagine that in the middle of your head, someone turns the thermostat up mm. and it starts by feeling a little bit of heat. And then all of a sudden the heat goes to your ears and your ears turn a little bit red. And then all of a sudden the whole front of your head just gets so hot that the only relief you can find is quite literally putting your head in the freezer. The number of pictures I have with my head in the freezer uh, and my girlfriend kind of taking it from <laughs> the side, uh, I've kind of have like 25, 30 different days or certain or instances. And and then the libido went, Howard, right? Like there's nothing worse than when you're a, a young, virile man and you like to think that you're a, you're a star and all of a sudden like you have failure to launch, right? You just can't get it up. And it just didn't make sense to me because I was doing everything really healthy. I was reading all these books. I was working out hard. And so I went to my primary care physician and I say, hey man, listen, something is dramatically wrong with me. And you kind of alluded to this before, but I, I did, he did a bunch of hormones and tested my biomarkers. He says, everything is within range. And he says, you look like you are a shining example of health. And frankly, I'm going to do two things for you, Saad. Uh, he says, I'm going to give you a little blue pill to help with your ED. And then he says, I'm going to give you an antidepressant because it sounds like you got a really overactive mind. And frankly, he literally says, I've seen a lot of this millennial existential angst really kind of creeping mm. up on our on our youths. Now, he didn't use the word youths. He said- Yeah, he ain't seen the movie. Creep, he ain't seen the movie. And so basically, I looked at him and I said, you got to be crazy. And that was the nice version of what I said. Mm -hmm. I said, look, I'm incredibly in tune with my body. 
I was in charge of a, a $4 billion mental health medication at Eli Lilly. And I'm telling you, I've spoken to a lot of depressed patients and this isn't what I'll call clear cut depression because there are a lot of other things that go alongside of it. I got to say the SSRIs, like, you know, I've been taking Lexapro, the side effect is what you're saying. So it's like the people, you know, if you go take like a Lexapro or, a, or one of these. You get uh, more tired. I think it actually, one of the side effects is your libido goes down. Libido goes down. You can feel tired. So it's like, and why so, give you a pill that makes your libido worse? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know what it is, is so much of the pharma companies out there, right? Like we dictate what the medical education is based upon mm-hmm. how much marketing material we put out and the reps that we send into physicians' offices. And I'll give you a crazy number. Actually, I'll ask you a question. What do you think the half-life is on a medical education? Uh, what, what, but you mean a doctor's? Yeah. Like if someone goes to med school. Uh, what, five years? They, they go to med school. Like these kids are staying in school way too long. They should be fucking cutting people open at 28. <laughs> so the half-life's what, five years? 18 months. Low. A year and a half. Yep. We don't know anything. That, what that, that uh, what a Knickerbocker Hospital uh, TV show, we've been doing surgery for 100 years. 18 months. Like we know nothing. Yeah. I mean, you basically say when I go to, when I go drop $300,000 on a medical school education, after 36 months, three years, 75% of what I've learned is now obsolete. When I was in the hospital, the doctor asked me what I should do. He was asking me. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? My, <laughs> like, that was what happened. You know, you, should we operate? Shouldn't we? I'm like, I don't know. I'll tell you, the only thing you know is you're in the wrong room at that point. I'm with you. That's why I was willing to try this. Okay, so anyways, keep going. So, and what's really interesting, right, is the same exact experience I went through is what millions of men go through, which is they start feeling depressed. They start feeling a little bit slow. They go to their primary care physician. They take a look at their labs. And because they're not trained to understand that it isn't about where exactly in the range you fall, and also the fact that every single lab has different ranges based upon the machine they're using. They basically just say, you're in range, check the box and move. They don't realize, mm-hmm. they don't think about where you are in the range. They don't think about if the range makes sense. They don't think about the American Neurological Association's guidelines. And so I went on a journey at that point, which was, I said, all right, I got to fix my health. I want to build another company. And frankly, I just don't have the energy anymore. And so I ended up, and frankly, I'm not always going to my father, at the age of 35, started suffering from chronic diseases that eventually took his life. And so I started feeling really terrified. Is this the beginning of the end? Might be able to have children. And I went to different specialists. First specialist puts me on six different supplements. So I start taking six different supplements. Next specialist puts me on a statin, 35 years old on a statin, on six supplements. Next specialist puts me on an anti-anxiety med. Now I'm taking Xanax. Next specialist puts me on an anti-narcolepsy medication so I'm not falling asleep during the day. And you know what? I'm not feeling any better. And I'm taking now 10 different pills every day and not seeing any relief. I finally met a group of hormone optimization and regenerative physicians. They took a look at my labs. Were they Russian? What's that? Were they big, tall Russian people with hair in weird spots? I think think two of them were. The (laughs) others were. They were Asians, of course. <laughs> yeah, I can say that because I'm Asian. So they weren't Russians. They were legitimate people. 
<laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything on top of that I one. Said that's it. A, you that's don't a you have to comment. Agree. Not great. Yeah. Uh, Bring it on, Russian listener. By the way, I, I love Russians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so they basically took a look at my hormones and they said, "Well, look, have the testosterone levels of an 80 year old man." And on one hand, you're like, "What the hell is going on?" On the other hand, there's like a lot of relief because you basically realize know what the problem is. And it was very objective, right? They took a look at the number. They showed me research based upon where the number is. And the other thing they said, which is the thing that I think really made the bulb go off in my head, which was a large majority of our patients are younger guys just like you. And you're like, well, why the hell would a bunch of young 35-year-old kids be having low testosterone numbers? And that's when I started doing the research and I realized, oh my God, they're right. Like This is a massive unspoken epidemic that is not just happening in the US, but it is happening globally. And no one is talking about it. Well, the key because- is no one's talking about it. Same as manscaping, not to be silly, is like, and if you asked, when I was asking kids about manscaping, they would just deny they did it. So there's just, if someone's gonna lie about something, it, it would it would be libido and testosterone. Well, yeah. One, because they wouldn't know what their number is. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Pakistani man, so I, I, had, I had to start shaving my face when I was 11. Hmm. Um, that feels like something I was more willing to admit rather than guys, I don't feel like a man anymore. Like, how do you even have that conversation? Um, and I think a lot of guys, what they do is they basically start to feel it early thirties, mid thirties. And because we're guys and we're dense as hell, I mean, let's be honest, right? We don't even ask for damn instructions <laughs> or directions when we're right. for, from anyone. You kind of sit and you let it turn into like this self-defeating negative feedback cycle where you're questioning yourself. And then all of a sudden it's five years later, it's 10 years later. And you kind of are a little bit of a shell of the person you used to be. And then you finally have to go find someone because you've tried the ED meds, you've tried the SSRIs and nothing works. And then you're like, guys, like shit, I'm like, I'm shit out of luck right now, right? I can't get on the ground and play with my kids. I can't have a real relationship with my partner because every time I do, I just lose my damn mind and my patience. Or they say, I can't earn more money for the people I love because I can't concentrate on work. I'm losing my identity here, guys. I'll do anything to fix this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when they come to us. So let's walk through the process. It's pretty simple. So they come to Hone Health and uh, I-, I could walk you through what happened to me, but what would you tell like what's the standard procedure? So standard procedure, and I think we give you a little bit of VIP treatment, yeah. which is, by the way, we're about to give to the rest of the country as well, too. You know, I was going to tell you, like, let the people, you know, it's that LVMH service. There should always be a button on these sites for, you know, you fancy yourself an LVMH or, uh, you know, do you want to pay up and talk immediately type thing, you know? Get around the riffraff. Well, listen, for double the price, you'd be surprised that the, the hoops people will jump through. I think it's genius. <laughs> I just don't know why more people aren't doing that. Cater to the 10%. It's called first class. Like people will pay up, but keep going. So we send a kit out to your house. Kit's cheap. It's $45. It includes the blood analysis of eight different hormones. You prick your finger with a little lancet. You drop the blood onto a little piece of filter paper, put it in the mail. It's all pre-packaged. You send it off to one of our labs. Mm -hmm. We analyze it. Mm -hmm. And then we do a 30-minute video consult between you and a licensed physician who is a specialist in hormones. And so you spend the first 10 minutes, hey, tell me about yourself. Why are you here? What are the problems you're going through? It's very deeply cathartic because a lot of guys, they just have had this on their chest and have had it hidden for five or 10 years. Next 10 minutes, 
we educate you about what's happening in your body based upon your biomarkers, right? The, the foundation of everything is education. We want you to make sure you understand what's happening. Then the next 10 minutes are, let me tell you about the benefits and the side effects of potential treatment. Because the way we look at this thing is, you need to come in and be as transparent as possible. This is a, this is a pretty serious science that you're getting yourself into. And then the next thing is, and this always makes investors a little bit upset, <laughs> but then I'd tell 30% of the patients, we actually can't help you, unfortunately, right now. And that's because we are running the safest and most conservative clinic. We're only treating men that have clinically low testosterone or what they call hypogonadism. And Ooh, for the other- hypergonadism. That's a terrible name to call somebody. Right? A horrible name. You got to change that name. You got that, you got that hypo, don't you? Oh, I got, <laughs> you got that hypo. You got hypo some G. mini gonads going on there. <laughs> <laughs> you got some low gonads. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not a doctor, but I think they got to, I'm not a, I am a little bit, I'm not a great marketer, but that ain't good marketing. But anyway, so they got, uh, they got the mini hyper gonads and that's your sweet spot, as they that's, say. That's our sweet spot. Because right, the, the reality is when you look at testosterone was overprescribed call it 2011, 2012, mm. and there were some kind of health complications that came up from it. And when you prescribe Why was it, it to- pres I don't remember that era. Why was it overprescribed? Which scam were they running then? So, all right. So what happened? Let's give you a little bit of a, a history lesson because this is important. Um, so in 2010, the total number of testosterone sales was about 400 million in this country. Uh -huh. And there were a bunch of guys at a pharma company that literally said- hey, we can probably manufacture this low T craze. They came up with the whole concept of low T. And I'm very familiar with how this is done because I used oh. to do this at a pharma company, although for a much different class of medications. So all of a sudden, all of these TV ads start going off oh. everywhere across the country. The total number of sales of testosterone went from 400 million to $4.4 billion over the next 10 by, years. By one drug or by like, how are they selling it? So there was a series of medications. It was testosterone. Over the counter or like No, no. This is only, so this is pharmaceutical companies that had testosterone in gel mm. form that can be rubbed on your arms or those, those gonads of yours. Mm. And it improves testosterone levels. Is a gonad testicles? Is that a, is that a proper word for testes? That's a true word. Testicles. Huh. I prefer testicles. Actually, I'm happy to hear that because I think the gonads definitely doesn't- the fuck do I want to call these things? Gonads. Well, I hear a lot of balls. <laughs> Balls is fine. <laughs> testicles fine. Don't even get me going with gonads. And so what ends up happening, right, is you've got a bunch of really attractive pharmaceutical reps going out to these physicians and saying, hey, I think you should prescribe uh, testosterone. I think you should prescribe testosterone. I think you should prescribe testosterone. And you're testosterone. saying they were, they, were, they were rubbing it in. Uh, man, that go, that, I don't even know the way to take that conversation. Yeah, they were... They were <laughs> <laughs> it was coming with a personal yeah, there, there There's a lot of rubbing in of different directions. It's called the five finger applicator. <laughs> All right. No wonder sales skyrocketed. So what ends up Honey, I'm going to the doctor again. Where are all these bills from the gonad doctor, Howard? So anyway, so, so yes, the pharmaceuticals sent out the hot reps, much like Bloomberg did in the days with financial data. And it works. So yes. Yeah, so, and it works. Yeah. And what, what do, what do doctors start doing? Because we spend a lot of time as pharmaceutical industry creating the perfect marketing materials coupled yeah, with the most no most attractive or nicest and really well-educated reps. All of a sudden, physicians are getting tons of different samples. And then they're basically saying to patients, how do you feel? And any guy in their 40s with a couple of kids is going to say, I feel fucking tired, right? 
Yeah. And so then all of a sudden they start throwing these testosterone packets out like TikToks. And all of a sudden guys are taking them with no testing. Now, when you give a guy that's not supposed to be getting testosterone, a lot of testosterone, they tend to have some side effects. Mm. Also, if you take men that have multiple comorbidities that shouldn't be taking it and they haven't done blood testing, they're going to have some side effects. Mm. So 2012-ish, FDA basically issues black box warning because you're starting to see guys have a higher risk of cardiovascular events, meaning strokes taking the medication. So then black box warning goes on, sales go from $4.4 billion to like $2 billion relatively rapidly. And then all of a sudden, the next year, a bunch of really smart people start looking at those studies the FDA put out and they go, well, look, hmm. the studies you did had a bunch of individuals that were obese, they had comorbidities. Of course, when you give them testosterone, they're going to basically have more side effects. And so the FDA goes, yep, our bad, backpedals a little bit. And all of a sudden, you start to see the long-term efficacy studies coming out around testosterone, and they're incredibly powerful. What you basically see is that for men that have hypogonadism, there's that word again, or have clinically low testosterone, and they have a need for the medication, they have fewer cardiovascular events, they've got less diabetes, they've got less depression, and because they are able to lose weight in very many instances because they have this motivation back in their life, they have fewer musculoskeletal and pain issues. And some of them are actually beginning to live a little bit longer. Because generally, when you think about someone that's lower testosterone, they could be a type 2 diabetic on the fringe of it. They could be severely obese. And basically, you're now giving them a little bit of life force back to go do some really useful stuff in conjunction with the fact that lower incidence of dementia, slightly stronger bones. And so it is, I think, we're going through this interesting kind of enlightenment around the entire topic. And you have the foremost authorities in the in the health space. You've got Peter Atia, you've got Andrew Huberman, you've got David Sinclair, all of a sudden going, you know what? If you actually have the problem and you treat it appropriately and you make sure that you are monitoring that patient every 90 days, it is good for some category of men. And if anything, there are other companies out there that are kind of doing this a little bit behind, we'll kind of call it the the curtain. And they're just continuously prescribing it to guys that probably don't need it. And we don't, we don't ascribe to that, right? You should only begin. Yeah, with- you're above the line. You're, so how are you governed? What do you mean, how are we governed? Well, so, the F- so this is FDA-approved drugs. That is correct. Yep. So really, it's just all about the process. Yeah, like, it's interesting, right? A lot of clinics, the fact that we, we basically tell 30% of our patients we can't serve you. Now, there are other products we can sell them, longevity products. We're about to go into weight loss. We're about to go into thyroid. Investors very often say, hey, you can grow faster if you take those patients on. We say, no, no, no. We're not doing anything that is unsafe for the patients. And the, the reality too is we actually tell our patients if they want to continue receiving treatment from us. Every 90 days, they've got to do another blood test. They've got to do another 15 to 20 minute visit with a physician. And it is required. Yeah. And if you don't do it, you stop getting medication. And Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Adderall or, or your SSRIs. You got to talk to the doctor every well, now and again. I mean, what's interesting, right, about Adderall or SSRIs, don't talk to them every 90 days. 
and there aren't objective biomarkers that go near them. So you're really kind of depending upon like, how do you feel? True. No one's really measured. They go take my blood pressure and I go uh, at 60 over 11. They don't, I don't even think they're listening. By the way, is that a good number that I made up or am I dead? You said 60 over, 60 over what? 11. I just make up a number. How is, that is a, that's a very low blood pressure. If you said like <laughs> 110 well, over not... 60, I'd say you're doing okay. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. Like I always thought that was a fake number. I thought, you know, so they haven't even responded when I say 60 or 11. So obviously they don't care. They're just giving me drugs. I consider my therapist a drug dealer, meaning it's work for me. I don't abuse it. I don't find it addictive, you know, and I hate coffee. So I'll take like before this pot, I took five milligrams of Adderall. So uh, it keeps me a little bit focused, but I don't feel like I need it every minute. But anyways, with your stuff, you are very careful and, and people have to come in every 90 days or, I mean, go uh, talk to the doctor, telehealth. Yeah, that's correct. And I'll tell you, to do it the right way, it's a really hard business just because you got to check someone four times a year. I mean, guys yeah, it was are slow. non-compliant. Yeah, it, took, it took a lot of time for me to get to the results. Yep. A lot of friction, but I'll tell you what, I rather work with a service that I know is taking care of me and has my safety and health at the forefront of its concerns rather than just shilling me a bunch of product and trying to get me to take them up. And so you got a really strong perspective around this. Uh, and I'll tell you, you know, like one of the side effects from taking testosterone, if you don't do it right, I shouldn't say, if you take testosterone for a prolonged period of time, um, basically your body stops producing sperm in some instances, in many instances. And so if you don't have a clinic that's going to talk you through that and let you know that that is a potential side effect and not think through how to plan for that instance or how to put you on the right medications so you can maintain your fertility, I mean, you put yourself in a really precarious situation, right? Difficult. Yeah. So there's no free lunch. For me, it's more education. So then I, I, I do the test, no hard sell. I, I come in at a 500. I think, I think the free world was shocked at that number. Now, um... But there's more than one score. Like, so, you know, it's a rabbit hole, right? So then my T number, but there's more than one number. So, like, where, where does the rabbit hole end and how do, how do consumers make good decisions or how does a patient like me make a good decision? Well, so the, the key is to work with a physician that really understands this, right? Because that 500 you get, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you willing to talk about the rest of your numbers? Yeah, I don't have them in front of me. Okay. Uh, damn, I should have had them. I know there was another number that was eh, uh, another T number that was eh, and so it was just like my decision. I was talking to the doctor and he was like, you know, you're not at risk if you do take them like prostate, like all the other problems. So it's really, I'm going to leave it in your hands. You know, for me, it was more like I, my wife put me up to it uh, as wives do. And uh, I was just so happy not to be dying. <laughs> so like the doctor didn't say, oh my God, come in the more. So I was like, okay, I, I can let all this digest. And I've been asking you hundreds of people questions about this and just trying to like triangulate what I should be doing next. Well, let me, let me first say something. There's zero chance you're dying because you look pretty damn good. Yeah, I think so too. You look pretty fucking good. Let's be honest. Okay. I look okay. Okay. Like there is, I now at my age ask everybody their age and because I'm attuned to like, there's a big difference between at, at 57, like 52 and 62. So I kind of want to know where I mm -hmm. fall on that spectrum. And I think I'm safely in the 57. So I'm not great. I'm not horrible. You're doing good? Yeah, I'm doing good. But anyhow, so the, the way to kind of think about it, right, there is that total testosterone number. And there's another number that we look at called your free testosterone. 
And basically, right. there are these two other, call it proteins you have in your body. One is called albumin. The other one is called SHBG, which is sex hormone binding globulin. Mm -hmm. And they basically take the total testosterone you have in your body. Imagine it's just floating around in your body and they hug it and they hug it and bind up to it. When they bind up to it, the amount of bioavailable testosterone that you have to actually go do useful work on cells decreases. And so you could have a really high total T, but the problem is if you actually have a very, if you have a lot of SHBG and albumin, your free T may actually be much lower. So that's another. Yeah, so my free tea, and I'm going to blame it. You know, I'm Jewish, so we don't like free anything. <laughs> so we always scale low, like free gonads, free tea. We're going to go low on all that free money. <laughs> so not to disparage my fellow Jewish peeps, but uh, you know, bad joke or not, yes. So that is where I'm on the fence. I think my free tea is nothing to brag about. I, but the so doctor said, "Listen, think about it," and you know. Uh, he didn't think it was affecting my life. Yep. Right. And that's that's what's important is that doctor gave you both sides of the coin. Never yeah, pushes yeah, anything at push you. It's and that's the most important thing because you can't the doctor and their independent medical judgment is the most important part of this entire process. Well, not according to my wife. She said the doctor was a quack, it's all my fault. <sighs> the uh she's looking for the easy answer. Well the um no, but for me, it was like, ah, it could be my diet. You know, you hear somebody could, I, I believe for me, 90% is my diet and that relates to my sleep and my sleep routine. And uh, I've been so much better over the last five years of doing it. So I'm going to keep hammering away at that. But the free tea every 90 days, I'm going to go in and, and just pay and get that done. That's yeah. my goal. Well, I'll give you another piece of information that's probably useful. Every year from the age of 30 onwards, your body loses the ability to produce one to two percentage points of its hormones naturally. For sure. So what ends up happening, I'll give you a good, and here's, here's one of the other numbers we check. This is why I have to go to IMDB three times a day when I'm thinking of a movie. Isn't that the worst? The worst. The worst. Before you knew exactly what year Ferris Bueller came out, you knew every single one of the yeah. characters from it, and now all of a sudden you're I, like, I, now I forget, I go, it's Ferris Barker? I don't even remember <laughs> his last name. That's why I got to go to IMDB. And, and so what we do is there's another signal that goes from your brain down to your testes. And that signal is called LH or luteinizing hormone. And luteinizing hormone basically tells your testes, there are these things called these Leydig cells in them. It tells the Leydig cells to produce more testosterone naturally. Now, for younger guys, that LH signal very often, especially from the environment, is what's decreased. Huh. So we can give them a fertility drug that increases their testosterone levels naturally. It's great, put it on them, get them off it. For older men, because your testicular function is actually deteriorating every year you get older, if I take that LH signal and I ramp it right up, if you don't have the machinery downstairs, Howard, you're not producing more testosterone. Right. You can improve your life, you can sleep better. And for those guys to really kind of get to feeling like they did when they were younger, those are the instances where you've got to say, okay, let's give you some exogenous testosterone in a very measured fashion, right? Huh. And the the other things we look at, we look at liver function enzymes, we look at uh, your PSA levels, we look at your hematocrit levels, which is the total amount of red blood cells you have, because um, that could be a contraindication. Uh, your prolactin levels, we want to make sure that you don't have a, a small tumor in your brain that is actually what's causing all this. And it's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly rare. But 
we want to make sure we're doing everything as safe as possible. And I should also say this. I should have said this at the beginning. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. This is not medical advice. Uh, I just happen to be a guy that really cares about it. So the name of the website, it's, it's Hone App, right? Hone Health or Hone App? It's honehealth.com. Yeah, H-O-N-E health.com. It's fantastic. Very educational, real doctors involved. I think this is just a cultural shift that we're seeing, lack of trust in the system, you know, for good reasons, and mainly because no one knows anything yet. We're still, like, so early in medical, and then you you apply all the technology and kind of this this remoteness that people feel because of the phone and all the and you know and people just don't this this first era of social was just so combative mm. and I think as we go to smaller groups in social I think this is going to become a huge trend as we're seeing with uh, like Manscaped and him and hers and Roman and men's communities you know what I mean so kudos for catching all of this this great how how many people are at the company so we are with our physicians about 140 at this point in time it's all telehealth right you're not going to have like a i can see there being like a like italy <laughs> like a, a testosterone like uh like a really cool club you know no i'm not joking like again i'm being half facetious what's the name of the the famous medical place where everybody goes and gets ripped off uh mayo clinic Okay. <laughs> right. So why can't there be like a testosterone clinic? So let me, let like, me I tell you. I went to Mayo Clinic and I did that men's thing like 10 years ago and I just yep. felt like I got scammed. I don't know. But anyways, I grew up a little bit hypochondriac. So I've now, you know, beaten that by going the other way. Like I think there's something about this that could just be way more educational. Like I, I joke about Italy or, or, or Mayo Clinic, but like this is a huge subject. Like this whole idea of male grooming, male taking care of yourself. As Paul Tran says that um, Manscaped, you know, before we started the company, goes, you know, every centimeter of the woman's body has a multi-billion dollar company attached to it. And basically men have Gillette, right? And now we're, we're seeing that men need to ask questions. Well, let me maybe like say this, talk a little bit about where we're going, because I think it'll, it'll really enlighten you. So my fundamental belief is, right, I'm 40. I believe that I'll live until 120. I think it is a foregone conclusion. I saw my dad live off 35 years of borrowed time based upon the medical advances that we had today, let alone the ones we're going to have 30 years from now. Mm -hmm. And I think that most people, they don't take a second and really conceptualize the fact that our lives are being elongated. So let's even just talk about me for a second. Right? I'm 40 years old. Let's assume that I'm going to have 60 to 65 years of good life, right? Good life. And yeah, good life. forget about the crappy life at the end. Frankly, I don't even want that crappy life problem. And the reality is when I think about the fact that I'm 40 and I'll have 65 years of good life ahead of me, that fundamentally changes the entire arc of my life. And what you really need is when the arc of your life is changing, I'm no longer going to retire at 65 or 60. I'm thinking about how can I get as much life out of mind as possible, right? I think life's dirty little secret, and you probably are a key testament to this, Howard, is you're 57. I bet you feel like you're a 21-year-old in your head or maybe a 17-year-old. No, that's why I'm going down this rabbit hole. I do feel, unfortunately, the last five years that I've let myself uh, get old. Part of it was the hospital stay. Part, you know, that's why I'm down this quest of like trying to 
you know, with cycling and eating and uh, less travel is just trying to take a little bit back control. Because mm-hmm. I do want to extend. You know, my joke now is I got 13 years left. Anytime my wife argues with me, I go, honey, I got 13. That's my score. I got a, I got a 509T and I got a D13, death 13 years. So it's getting me out of a lot of trouble. But, you know, I want to stretch that 13 really to at least 23. Easily. And I'm going to have to find yeah. your wife at some point in time and her and I are going to have to gang up on you because that is a bullshit 13 argument. We got to get it to 33. Well, the 13's for me to get away with I know. I, I know what you're doing. I'm making your life like harder, but look, I, I want you to I want you to be around for a while. I like you. you seem I'm like looking a... for D23. We got to make a number out of this where you push. <laughs> it's like a sleep score. It's a death score. I want to push off death an extra 10 years. So because I think we're living so much longer, I think there's no one that's kind of pushed out the blueprint of how to do it, right? And keep in mind, you're beginning to realize this. It's not just a magic silver bullet that you take some testosterone and you feel great. It's your mindset. It's how you're eating. It's how much you're moving in your life. And there isn't a company out there yet that puts together very personalized stacks of modalities, treatments, mindsets for individuals. And you're so, seeing it like the whoop. You're seeing it with eight sleep. And there was that guy they covered in the New York Times from Braintree. I don't want to live like that guy. Like he's spending two million two a year million, to live yeah. longer. And I go, he looks like a woman. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just put like, on a wig and have a martini at this point. Like it was like, it was the opposite effect on me. The guy was a creep. And you know, and it's kind of like, right, when you think about the problem we're solving, right? When you've got to do all this blood testing, you've got to force a guy to be compliant. We've spent three years building what is arguably the most complex workflow engine in healthcare. And the thing that's really interesting is when you look at it because we focus so hard on regular requirements and safety, it is 90% the same as what a decentralized clinical trial software is. And so what we're basically doing is we're going out and adding really complex therapeutic categories, medically assisted weight loss, done right, not just shilling a bunch of GLP-1s and semglutide thyroid care, and we're actually going into women's hormones. And we're basically running these real-time efficacy experiments on our patients to begin understanding which combinations of medications, which dosages, which sequences of medications actually result in the highest quality care and symptom relief. And then we're going to start publishing this in peer-reviewed journals, right? Because I think it's cute to be a testosterone company. We've been very, very successful with it. But I think the real challenge and the problem we're trying to solve is the one that I went through, which is a bunch of doctors giving me 10 different medications that you had no sure. clue what was working. And we now have the the technology and the infrastructure to do that. And to your point, I mean, we're going to be moving into the home very soon, meaning we're going to be sending people out into your house to start collecting samples and offering services. And in major metropolitan areas, is it going to be like in Italy? I would imagine it's probably going to be something way sexier and better. I mean, yeah, we won't have as much wine and pasta as they do. I wholeheartedly believe that people want to come in. They want to get the whole experience. And here's they the most do. important thing. They don't want to fucking pay $10,000 like you pay to the Mayo Clinic. They want their insurance right. to cover it. And they want to pay $20 and feel like they're in really good hands and they're not being ripped off. And that's well, I think what there's hear. both. I don't mind paying a couple grand if I get like through the system. But, you know, I, I got to be able to feel like I'm not just a, you know, a cow moving through the system. And, but like you said, I'm optimistic because it's early days, right? Like if Mayo's the only answer still so far, it just feels like way too one percenty. And you know, as AI and, and and AI now moves data things quick along, and like you already have fifteen thousand 
you know, data points or millions of data points around 15,000 people. Uh, We're at the early stages of all this. I mean, I'm going to let you go, but this is incredible. And I got to imagine now it's just a question of, you know, raising capital and, you know, in fulfilling the vision. And uh, are you out raising capital soon or are you just uh, heads down right now? We are we are finishing up a capital raise. There's a little bit left on that tail end, and I'm pretty sure that it has <laughs> How, Howard's name on it. Does it have Howard's? I think it has Howard's name on it. Wait, uh, yeah, we, oh, yeah, this is Howard's name up. on it. I'll have my people call your people. <laughs> and uh, but what a treat! Like I mean, educate. This is really to me all about education. I've learned so much from watching marketing in this space, whether it's Liquid Death or or Paul with Manscaped or, or my friend on the board at uh, Hims. Um, it's easy to make all this a marketing gimmick, which is pretty much what, you know, almost all of this drug stuff is when you hear the stories. And then you have all the negativity around, you know, the Russians and, and athletes and then the baseball players and the steroids. But you got to start. I mean, but those people took the air. They took a lot of risks with their lives. They didn't have all the answers. And now we have so much more answers. So I think people have to really in their 20s, start taking this stuff through. It's your body, your life. You nailed it. And people need to be expanding their D number tremendously. Um, so I'm going to leave it there. What a, what a treat. It was fun to meet you. I really appreciate you taking me under your wing and at least getting me through the process so that we could talk about this. Man, we're, we're grateful to, to be partnering with you. And honestly, like appreciate all the support over the years. Thanks, man. Uh, Saad, we'll talk to you guys soon. Cool. cool. Cheers. Knut. Howard. T-Talk. Hone Health. Uh, there's one thing I know less. There's, listen, I know very little about stocks and markets. One thing I know less about is, is medical advice. So disregard anything that might have been came across as medical advice. Uh, for me, it's just complete curiosity and the experience with the doctors and, and the questions and just my age in life. It just felt good. I, I don't know if I would have felt better if my T-score was 200 or my or my free ETH was super low. Maybe it's just relief to allow me to focus on other things. But data is important, especially if you get it in the right context from doctors. And uh, so I think it's important and it's not expensive. So anyways, that's what we do here. We talk to founders, uh, investors, venture capitalists, and just try and get a little bit ahead of the curve. There is something going on around men's community and health and wellness, and uh, we'll just ask him more questions. Anyways, Panic with Friends, search my name, Howard Linson, or Panic with Friends on Google, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, subscribe, please, and then you won't have to worry. You'll get an alert once a week. Thanks, Knut. Talk to everybody. Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.